to me, all who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. As I said, my name is Azar Ganfarush, and I'm privileged and honored to stand here in the presence of the Holy Spirit, holy angels, and the holy saints in this holy sanctuary to deliver that which I am praying to be the word of the Holy Spirit, not mine. So come with a word of prayer. Please help me. Father, I ask that you come in for me to decrease with all my heart and for you to increase, Holy Spirit, and touch the hearts of many in here and those who are watching or will be watching to their, wherever that the journey is taking them in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. So I was born in Azerbaijan, Iran, the Caucasus region of Iran, which is a part of Iran that they speak Turkish, Kurdish, uh, Armenian, you name it. And it's, it's one of the areas of Iran that it's mixed with Armenians, Asuris, Christians, Muslims, Jews. And it's an area that the early Christianity began. The greatest church that I have visited there is called Gara Kalisa, which is called Black Church, was built in 64 AD. So that region goes back very early in the history of Christianity. My father, who passed on March 5th, 2022, was a hidden Christian. And due to the crises in Iran with the, uh, with the Christians and women of Iran, they're all under attack. So we had to keep his identity as Christian in hiding. Now, the relevance of the story that I'm about to bring to you is to focus with why I had to bring my burdens and why I chose this scripture to the Lord, to be able to hold on at the time that I was at the weakest point of my life, that I had to kneel before him and say, Father, help me. I don't know how to handle my siblings. My father went back to Iran 2017 after a stroke, and he couldn't come back, and then COVID hit. And during that time, my sisters were very careful about his Christianity. Because with the current government, if you're found to be Christian, it's ground for stoning and imprisonment. So no one is to know about this 98-year-old man that he's Christian. And when he would call me, he would ask me to pray for him to the Lord. There was no one in there because my sisters and brothers have not yet accepted and received Christ despite the fact that their father is Christian. So there was a battle going on, a burden that I didn't know how to handle. Towards the end of his life, my sister, the oldest sister whom I loved dearly, completely disconnected me from my dad. I was disconnected, blocked. Once in a while, his caretaker will listen to his cries saying, I want to talk to Azar. I want her to pray for me. I'm dying. I need my daughter to pray for me. Last December 2021, I received a phone call while I was in a doctor's office. And she said, your sister is giving permission for you to speak to your father because he wants to say his last words. 
I said, sure. Daddy, what's going on? He said, I'm dying. No, Dad, you're not dying. You're going to live. You're going to go home to heaven. You know who your Lord is. You know you've been persecuted. There's greater grace for you than me standing here. Because you battled it, Father. As the Lord said, it's not your battle, it's my battle. He cried. I prayed for him. And I said, let me kiss my father's face via FaceTime. And he said, okay. And that was the last time I saw my father. He died two weeks later. With all that was going on, before the current situations in Iran, there was a storm in my life that I could not calm it. It had to be done by the Savior, by the mighty Lord who handles the storms, not me. So I kept praying, and I couldn't even tell many of my friends in this church because I was all alone. I could not share with anyone from the fear that somebody might post it on Facebook or social media that my dad was just buried. And on top of that, I was warned by my family. Not to brag, my dad was a very wealthy man in Iran. He still is. He's alive. I was warned that if you mention anything via social media or speak over the phone, we will take all your inheritance. And we will say that we're under the Islamic law and you cannot inherit a dime because the Islamic Republic of Iran will not allow a Christian to inherit. And at that moment, I closed my eyes and I told my oldest sister, I'm about, I'm about to give you some information, my sister. I've turned the other cheek many times. But it's time for you to see the facts and to know the truth. My inheritance is not the properties in Iran. My inheritance is that which Lord Jesus Christ gave me on the cross. And I pray that one day you will know to replace all that wealth and give it to the poor and walk with the mighty who promises you eternal life. I am not battling you. You're not my battle. Take everything. They left. I went to the Lord, and I would come here once in a while, and I would ask the Lord to guide me because I wanted salvation for my family. I did not submit to devil. I resisted devil, which is written in James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I didn't give devil, by his grace and his wisdom, what he wanted to get from me, which is to deny my Lord for money, for millions of dollars. I don't even know how much it adds up to. Frankly, I don't care. Because my daddy's in heaven. My daddy's in heaven. No one can take that from him. He has the promise. And now there's a legacy from my dad with his baptism certificate from an eastern church here in Austin that I showed to my grandchildren one day and said, look, your granddaddy belong to the Lord. Now you know who your Lord is because this old man followed and feared. Without Jesus, we're not able to know the Father. And without the Holy Spirit, we cannot hear our Father and remain in His presence. And the reason I was able to do all that was not because I'm a mighty woman. No, I'm the least of the might, but he who is in me, the life in me, the authority in me is greater than the one that lives in the world. 
I choose to attach myself to him. I choose him because I know he's my savior. And despite all the pain, being ostracized by your sisters and brothers whom you dearly loved, who attended universities here, they're mostly attended universities in America and in Canada, yet they turned their back at the very Lord that Christ is their Lord because of money. But I knew it wasn't because of Islam, because majority of them are either agnostic or non-believers. It's impossible with human, but it's possible with the Lord. And if we call on his name, devil will run from us. Devil came to destroy, accuse, abuse, steal, rob. And what is it that he's trying to rob from us? He's not trying to rob our wealth from us. In my experience, in my epistemology, he was robbing my sisters and brothers' inheritance, which is the greatest promise to Abraham as he promised to Abraham that those who believe, the Gentiles who come to him, they will have the promise that he gave to Abraham. I didn't want to lose that. Because I know I am citizen of the United States of America, and I was born in that part of the world, but my citizenship is with heaven. So I don't belong to this. One day I will shed this by the power of the Holy Spirit when he says, come home. And I want him, and I expect him, and I demand from my Lord, and I say, Father, do not let me stray because I am not afraid of man. I fear you, Father, that I must believe you died for me, but I can't take this burden on my shoulders, as many of you in here may have, may carry burdens that are too heavy for you. Well, you're not alone. Why, as Christians, we're under persecution? Because Satan wants us above his radar so he can destroy our faith and belief to, to to lure us into money and wealth and lust and sexual, uh, uh, sexual uh, whatever they do. I, I promised the Lord, and I'm not ashamed of saying this, I promised the Lord celibacy. I have grandchildren. I want to be a role model. I promised celibacy. That's my choice. And frankly, whoever chooses what they choose, it's called free will. That's one thing I like about John Wesley. It's about free will. Whatever you choose is yours, and you are going to be the one facing the Lord. And when you face the Lord, as my father faced the Lord, do you stand with your spouse or your girlfriend or Pastor Wilson or the bishop or your neighbor? No. Each and, I, each and every one of us are responsible for our own deeds. But as Christians, we are responsible to bring those who are fallen Lord knows we're not equipped to handle this life on our own. So for that, he gave us the scripture. He will sanctify us and those who are not in alignment with heaven. We are not here to carry burdens. It's not my battle for what my sisters and brothers did. Frankly, my responsibility is to pray for them. 
And I have a great friend in here that one day she gave me an advice. Forgive me. Announce your name, please. Melanie. She gave me an advice and she said, Hazar, you're writing this text message to your sister or brother, but I don't see any love in it. Because I was angry. My dad is gone. I haven't spoken to him in four years. I was deprived of a relationship with my father. Now I have a relationship with my father, Abba. I call him daddy because I was deprived four years. She put me in my place and she edified me. She corrected me. You need to bring love into this text so they will understand you are the image of God and you should follow Jesus. Jesus never condemned anyone. And if they're sinners in your mind and they're doing what they're doing, forgive them. So I thank you, my sister. And I believe that in our church, we're very candid about where we are going, what we're doing, and how we are edifying one another. And the fact of the matter is there's no emotions with God. He's either yes or no. He doesn't want lukewarm souls. I will gird you and I will spit you if you're lukewarm. But it's up to your own self-conscious and God-conscious. Your God-consciousness is a spirit of God living in you, indwelling in you. And if you're willing to listen to the voice of the Lord that says, turn to the right or turn to the left. And that's, I believe, in Isaiah 31. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. And the Lord says, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. So therefore, if the Spirit of God is indwelling in me, therefore the river of living water is in me, then who am I to judge? Who am I to make decisions for others? I'm here to listen and to adhere that which the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do, not of self-righteousness. I will adhere to him, but it's hard to know the voice of the Holy Spirit because the world is so loud, Father. I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that. What do I do, Father? Is this right? Is this not right? I forgot my Bible. It's sitting there. He's guiding us with that. How deep we're willing to go in and be in obedience and life and listen. Listen to the voice of the Lord. It's indwelling in us. I'm not here to teach any of you because many of you are such great scholars and theologians and Christians way before I was even in the seminary. I'm the least. But I know the one who lives in me is greater than the world. And he's the authority. Lord Jesus wants us to do three things so I can finish this sermon. I don't know how much time I have left, but we didn't do the children's time. <laughs> I'll rush. Love your Lord with all your heart. Trust in him. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the greatest commands that our Lord Jesus gave us. He didn't say, well, you're going to look at your next door neighbor and he doesn't fit your mold. Let's cast him out. He says, I choose whom I call to my kingdom. Kingdom means king dominion. And if you're willing to take that authority in you and allow him, invite him to do that which he wills, he will take over.
Submit your thoughts to him. As it is written in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to whom? To Christ. The carnal mind is in carnality with God. And until we're able to take that control or authority over the mind, which we can't do it, and he says, come to me. Father, I come to you. Help my sisters and brothers to take command over the carnal mind that may have caused problems in our church, division, or, or, or gossip, or whatever that you hate, Father. We can't do it on our own. Spirit gives life. Therefore, let us, let me conclude. Let us partner. I know Pastor Wilson wants to do the rest of the work here. Let us partner with the authority that has been sent to us by our Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit. And assert in spreading the love of God to everyone in our community by modeling the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's one of our inheritance. He said, I will ask the Father to send the helper. So before you take the next step in your life every day, I believe this is what I do is before I get out of bed, I pray the Lord's Prayer. He told me to pray the Lord's Prayer. I submit to him as much as I can and I say, lead, Lord. Where do you want to go? But I have to let him be the coach and do the driving. In the mighty name of Jesus, let us pray. Father, I thank you. I bless you. And I pray that my sisters and brothers in here will pray for my sisters to know your truth and your love. In the mighty name of Yeshua, amen.